2: to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Holy cow, what a game. The 49ers come out and just absolutely blow the doors off of the Cincinnati Bengals. The final score is going to be 41-17 to and man, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I want to get into and what we're going to be doing this episode is one, uh, celebrating a little bit. This is the most decisive win that we have had in the Kyle Shanahan era. You know, they just asked him in the press conference if you watched it, is this the best you've ever felt about a game? Uh, as a head coach. And he said, yeah, I I do like that he threw a little bit of shade. He said, you know, we beat Oakland pretty handedly last year on Thursday night football. But to come out and Vegas had us as underdogs by a point or two early on in the week. Then it became a pick'em game, which still seemed kind of strange just with the way the 49ers played week one. And to come out and just, good Lord, win by that much is very, very impressive. So, couple things we're going to go through. We're going to talk MVPs, offense and defense. And also we have our George Kittle signed Jersey giveaway, which I will be announcing here in about five to 10 minutes. But these live uh, reaction shows are a lot of fun. Because I get to kind of you know talk back and forth with you guys right here. So if you have anything that you want to add, and if you are listening on YouTube, just make sure that you at uh, John Chapman on there so I could see it, and we could just kind of talk back and forth and break this game down. But yeah, there are some injuries, and I do want to make sure that we spend some time on that. We don't know much. Um, there's some. It looks bad for Joe Staley, um, which you know if if. All we have right now is what Kyle Shanahan just said in the press conference, which is not much. So the two key injuries that we got to pay attention to is Joe Staley limping off in the third. He limps off to the sideline, but it looked like he was having such a hard time walking they eventually brought the card out to take him in. So definitely not good news there you know school came in justin school our rookie came in and he looked great but you know we didn't really do anything by that point the game was over and we just basically ran the clock out which school doesn't have an issue in run blocking so that's not so much of a huge it is a step down joe staley's one of the best run blocking left tackles in the nfl so there's nothing that school can do better than joe staley But we don't know yet, so uh, maybe if you guys hear of something, please put that in the the comments as we're going because I'm not going to be searching anything while we're recording, obviously. So if you see something, if something gets leaked out, please let me know. Um, Can we trade for a replacement? Maybe. The market has been set for a starting left tackle with the Tunsil deal. I don't think we're willing to part with two first-rounders to get a mid-level starting left tackle. There's just not that many offensive linemen in the NFL that are capable of starting on the outside. Uh, So this is going to be a problem. Not quite sure what we can do. Do we have some trade capital? Yes, we do, In our defensive line and our backup quarterback... Um, so there is a possibility we could swing something, but we're already out of our second round pick. You know, a lot of people kept bringing up the Minka Fitzpatrick stuff, but it's not that easy. There is probably 40 starting caliber left and right tackles combined in the NFL. So, you know, you're talking 32 teams, um, 64 spots started there's maybe 40 quality ones the 49ers have been lucky because we have two of those 40 but this is going to be rough now we have been bringing in a lot of veteran offensive tackles sam young's probably one of those guys he just visited miami a few days ago but they did not sign him so that's huge Uh, another question here is d ford okay we don't know again what we do know is that it was a knee issue and he was questionable to return this is a major concern um, I'm seeing a couple broken fibulas out eight weeks. A couple people are putting that up there about Staley. That is awful news. So if that is the case, and again, I'm relying on you guys in the chat right now, so I appreciate it. But if that is the case, one, it's not the worst case scenario because it's not a ankle and it's not a knee that would be much worse especially with an older player if he is out eight weeks that has him coming back week 11 you know in time for a playoff run or perhaps a divisional run the weakest part of our schedule is now but and of course we do have our bye week coming up in week four which is really really early but that might serve relatively well with us so this is huge uh Joe Staley if it is a broken fibula out eight weeks that is better than a knee (laughs) but it still sucks. So we're going to have to see what's going to happen there. That is awful. Uh, D Ford knee, don't know with this one. You know, he got the PRP, the platelet-rich plasma injection, in his knee. He was suffering with tendonitis, all that stuff. He sat out the second portion of training camp, and the goal was for him to be cleared of this. Um, you know, that the time period that he came out of the game was in the third quarter, which is, that's a good sign because if it was a close game, Perhaps they could have kept him in, but anytime you're blowing somebody out like that, you just err on the side of, you know, precaution and get them out. So we're going to have to wait and see. Um, the 49ers training staff has put a precedence that if there's any type of injury whatsoever, they're going to err on the side of caution and leave them out of practice. So just because, yeah, I could tell you right now, D4 it's not going to practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There's just no way. There's no reason to do it, especially at his position. So curious to see what's going on there but yeah two significant injuries to uh two prominent positions for our team so definitely not just an all rose-colored glasses yay everything's amazing but yeah we're gonna have to pay attention to this the staley injury is much bigger than the d ford injury you know i I don't want to regardless if they are both out for eight weeks staley is the bigger news so pay attention to that one we'll just have to see what happens but here we go. We, we've got to spend some time talking about the good. You know, the, we, we've had a rough few years for sure. Um, but what an offensive matchup. Holy freaking cow. Uh, the 49ers come out in just 572 total yards. This is the fifth most offensive yards ever for the 49ers. The most in the three years with Kyle Shanahan. And it didn't matter what we did. It worked period Uh, and it was completely balanced you know we had 14 passing first downs 13 rushing first downs five for nine on third down efficiency but uh, to be honest with you we were five for seven at one point the last two third downs whenever we put the backups in just to run the clock out Uh, that's that's a thing so we go out there with 12 drives and in those 12 drives holy freaking cow let me just read the results of these 12 drives real quick okay Touchdown pass to Goodwin. Touchdown pass to Mostert. Interception on the third drive. Touchdown run, Jeff Wilson. We punted it on our fifth drive, but we downed it at the one-yard line. So that is a huge win whenever you're looking at field metrics and how the defense responds after that. And then we uh, we get a field goal on the next drive. Next drive, uh, Debo, first touchdown pass, eighth drive, field goal, ninth drive, touchdown Jeff Wilson, 10th drive, field goal. And then the 11th uh, drive, you know, we turn over on, on downs and then we just run the, run the ball out. So, oh, sorry, that 10th drive was a field goal miss. But that's a thing. We technically only had two drives that didn't come up with points, if you don't count the kneel down at the end of the game. That's the interception, and when we punted it, and we downed it at the one-yard line. So it, you look at the efficiency that we had on offense, it is absolutely bananas. Um, Now, as far as how many 49ers scored today, uh, legit question, almost everybody (laughs) scored that wanted to score. You know, Jeff Wilson Jr., holy cow, he comes in and mop up dirty duty on the back of a long drive in the first half and gets a touchdown. So, you know, you've got Jeff Wilson, he got his touchdown. Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, Raheem Mostert, all of those guys get their touchdowns. Then, of course, we have our field goals as well, so you got to count Jimmy Garoppolo in that. Now, here's the deal with this game. Uh, One, you have to step back and just say, wow, what we did on offense was unbelievable. You got to say that. But equally as impressive is what we did on the defensive side. We were able to take this this off, this off offense, the Bengals' offense, which, yeah, they might have had a lot of yards. You know, Andy Dalton threw for 311 yards. A lot of that came that last two drives. You know, they hit the huge deep pass to John Ross whenever we put our backups in. You know, DJ Reed got burnt on that one, but it, that's what it is. But, man, we were able to limit them to 8 for 17 on third down efficiency, and we kept hitting them. Four sacks for 20 yards. And of course, we get another interception. You know, if we, if we, real quick, let's just jump over to the defensive side. Quan Alexander is playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. He had three passes defense today alone with an interception. The dude just totally balled out and. I got to be honest with you man, the fire and energy he brings to this team is just absolutely incredible. He's playing beside Fred Warner who everybody loves Fred Warner, but that dude, he he just has <laughs> he doesn't bring a lot of energy on the field. That's all. He's 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 just a stoic. He just sits there and that's fine. That's what you kind of want out of your play caller. But Quan Alexander, it's like yin and yang with those two guys next to each other. He goes absolutely crazy on almost every play. He almost got Got into another fight. It almost got ejected again. So you want him to kind of bring that level down but there was a series where I think it was the second or third drive where Quan Alexander made four plays in a row and it's funny, if you're following me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman, I tweet out Quan Alexander is playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. I hit send five seconds later, he intercepts the next ball. Like, it just absolutely crazy. We, we overpaid for him But the potential was always there. And because of that, the 49ers are seeing the merits. He's healthy, and he looks absolutely incredible. Now, I'm going to get to a couple more of these questions. But before I do, it is now time for the George Kittle signed jersey giveaway. Um, Thank you so much. To game day sports memorabilia for giving us this, so that I can give it to you guys. So I appreciate everybody that inter- uh, entered the contest. It was over 180 people entered, which is just wonderful. I do giveaways like this on Twitter all the time at jl underscore chapman. So head over there if you haven't already. And here's the winner. You will have four days to contact me on Twitter. I want to make sure I give it to somebody that's listening. Um, here we go. And I know everybody's going to get pissed off every single time I do one of these. That's okay. Signed red George Kittle jersey goes to 49ers fan. For life at a Guerrera nineteen eighty. So at a guerrera nineteen eighty. Just want to say thank you. And if anybody's upset, you got to be mad at my son. He picks the numbers. Uh, <laughs> I assign a number to everybody that enters, and whatever number he pulls, that is who gets it. So a guerrera nineteen eighty. Now if you didn't win, and if he does not reach out to me on Twitter at jl underscore Chapman, my DMs are always open. Um, then I'll put it back up, and we will give it to another person. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Don't blame your son. I have to. I have to pass it off to somebody so nobody gets mad at me, but it's what <laughs> it is. Um, so congratulations, Guerrera. Uh, really glad for you to win this jersey. It's absolutely incredible. My son wants me to keep it, but it's what it is. So a couple questions. Um, how much better will we be when Taylor hurd uh, Verrett start playing? I hate to say this, but first off, let's start talking about the defense with Jason Verrett. He was healthy this week, and he was kind of a healthy scratch. I love that they are being very patient with him and allowing him to heal completely, but he was supposed to play this week. Our defense is pretty stout, uh, which is crazy to say. Our defense has played much better than our offense so far through the first two weeks of the season, which, again, absolutely bananas to say, especially after you put up over 500 yards. I don't think Jason Verrett's going to see the field outside of an injury. Uh, Witherspoon has played lights out. Uh, Sherman has played unbelievable. And a lot of people keep saying, why can't we put Verrett in the slot corner role? He doesn't play that. He's never played that. Perhaps we could make that adjustment. He hasn't practiced at that at all, whether that's through OTAs, minicamp during the season. Hasn't happened. So... I am curious if they will continue to just keep him uh, inactive because he does not participate on special teams. You could change that, but he see, he's basically just a huge failsafe right now, and, and which is bananas because I do believe he. He's an amazing cornerback. So curious to see what's going to happen next week. Do we just keep him inactive all the way through the bye week and then bring him on board? But, you know, right now, DJ Reed is the backup outside cornerback, and then we have Emmanuel Mosley is the backup nickel cornerback. And Mosley didn't get in too much, which is really problematic for me because Quan Williams got picked on. Really excited to go back and break down the film. But, you know, Quan Williams is an asset in the run game. He comes up. He's awesome. But the first read for the Bengals for the first half was Quan Williams, whoever the hell he was guarding. Um, and he got toasted a bunch. So I wouldn't be surprised if he received 10 plus targets and he allowed catches on eight or nine of those. So really bad game for Quan Williams, but he did help out in the run game a lot. Now, um, you said last time they target Quan and then he showed up huge big time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Hey, it was very obvious a couple of the things that they were trying to do on offense, the Bengals one, they wanted Tyler Boyd matched up with our linebackers and predominantly they didn't want him on Kwan. They wanted him match up with Fred Warner and they took advantage of that several times, especially late in the game, those last two drives, they were able to motion out to get Tyler Boyd lined up, which we talked about in our scouting report episode. So uh, one of those things that we were looking for, and you saw them do that last week versus the Seahawks as well. Now, Uh, So take that for what you will. Our linebackers are great in coverage, but there's no doubt – um, I, I believe Quan Alexander got more passes defense this game than Fred Warner has had you know, in his entire career, even though it's short. But th- there's a big difference between those two. So something to look forward to there. Now, a couple things. Yeah, Joe Staley, broken fibula. I keep seeing it show up on the feed. That's eight weeks out. Uh, he will be able to return for the push down the uh, end of the year and into the playoffs. It, you have to be thinking playoffs right now. The 49ers are 2-0. And if you want to step back and look even bigger than the uh, 2-0 record, last year 49ers won zero home games. We were 0-12 in the Kyle Shanahan era when we are playing in the Eastern time zone. We have now righted the ship in those two things. We win our first two road games. That's huge. Uh, You know, we are at least tied first place in our division. I'm not paying attention to the scores. Not quite sure what happened in the Seahawks game or the Arizona Cardinals game. I know that they were relatively close. Um, But we're at least tied for first place. And we have played two road games, which is huge. So... You look at those things, and you have to feel very good about where we are. Were they 2 weak opponents? Yeah, perhaps so. But uh, you see Tampa Bay go out and just put it on the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night football in Carolina. It's the NFL. Wins are wins. And that's huge. And if we look forward to week three, holy cow. We get our first home game. We have an East Coast team traveling all the way across the country to see us, which is wonderful, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, again, we're talking injuries. This three weeks in a row. We are playing a very injury-riddled uh, team. Big Ben goes out with an elbow injury. They have to put their backup Mason Rudolph in, who's a good backup, but still, he's not Big Ben. James Conner goes out with a knee issue. So we're already looking at a team that's playing without their quarterback possibly and without their stud running back. So they do have great depth over there, but that is a that's a rough team. And what's also more interesting We are playing the team that played the Seahawks in back-to-back weeks. So uh, one of the best things about that is because we run a very similar defensive structure, the film is so easy to grade from a coaching standpoint because you don't have to ask the question of, well, what are they going to do if they come out in a three-by-one set? uh, How are they going to adjust their routes and what are their reads? Because we run a very similar structured defense. So because of that, that's another huge advantage. So is it possible to be going into the bye week 3-0? Hell yeah, it is. Um, all right, Do we have some major concerns? Yes, we do, and we'll jump into those. But all signs are pointing up, and you've got to feel really, really good about where things are right now with the 49ers. And, shoot, side note, uh, do a little shameless plug here. If you do not listen to our podcast during the week, we are 4-for-4 four four on bets that I, we have suggested to make. So and understand, if if I talk about a bet on this podcast, Uh, I put my money on it. So I'm not just throwing stuff out there. I'm not going to do that. Uh, We will win together. We will lose together. And if you do want to join us on the betting, here's what we got to do. got to thank our sponsors, MyBookie, one of the best online betting sites out there because the the best thing about them is you bet, you win, you get paid. So easy to get money in and out. And because they sponsor us, if you head over to MyBookie.ag today, use promo code 49ERS, 49ERS, they are going to double your initial deposit. So you put in up to $1,000. So if you put $1,000 in to start your account, they're going to double it. You get $2,000 to play with. That's free money over there. So I'm going to keep talking more and more about the betting uh, over and unders. And if you bet that, man, good Lord. We jumped on that bet on Tuesday or Wednesday when the 49ers were getting two points, which was just bananas. I haven't looked at the opening lines next week, but I can guarantee you those are going to be adjusted because of the Big Ben um, injury. So if you're one of those opportunistic opportunistic bettors, I don't know what the spread is right now, uh, head over there. MyBookie.ag use promo code 49ers. Now, uh, next question from uh, JP. How much of this win is the 49ers playing well, or the Bengals playing like garbage? All we can do is adjust and pay attention to what they did the previous week. Um, their defense was absolutely shredded, and we talked about how their defense is not good. They don't have depth, and our offensive structure is designed to beat that defense. Press man corners. Uh, Debo is a press man destroyer, and we saw that. Hell of a game from Debo, the rookie, and it's just his second start. Um Our offensive line, holy freaking cow. Jimmy Garoppolo got hit twice, and on both plays that he got hit were huge explosive plays. One of them was a touchdown. So we gave up zero sacks, and this was a team that had five sacks last week. Um, they had so many pressure. I think they had 16 pressures against the Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks' offensive line is complete garbage um, outside of their left tackle, but you have to look at that game and then our game and say, all right, they were able to generate pressure. They were able to hold the Seahawks to 21 points. They were able to hit their quarterback repetitively throughout the game couldn't do any of those things to us. And they had the same personnel out there. If you were listening to the national broadcast with Chris Spillman, who I enjoy as a defensive guy, he's a little quirky, but he kept talking about how a lot of people in the NFL see this front four of the Bengals as one of the better ones in the NFL. Uh, Geno Atkins has his had his game. I think he drew 3 offensive penalties against us because of holding calls. But you have to you cannot look at this and just say, "Well, the Bengals played bad." They were at home. Um, they had some things work for them, but uh, the 49ers defense just shut them down. Uh, this is on our defense. And you got to say it's on our secondary, our outside corners are playing great football. Um, our safeties are doing okay. Uh, you know, if you want to look at who had the worst game today, you're going to say Quan Williams, our nickel corner, uh, Tarverius Moore, who took himself out of a couple plays. He made a couple big plays super late after the game was decided, um, but he's still not making splash plays, but he's keeping everything in front of him, which is what you want. So it, it, that's the best news. Um, if you look at our, you know, on the offensive side, who had the the worst game? Uh, Mike Pearson, perhaps. Uh, Richburg, perhaps. But still, they were able to limit their best player, Geno Atkins, to not doing anything really that influenced the game. So it just everything went positive. You've got to put this on the 49ers we earned I say we I wasn't out there Um, they earned this Uh, I I really do believe it's a both and not an either or Um, so uh, we just need the Saints to beat the Rams today that's gonna be huge and this division is it's gonna be a tough matchup that's gonna go down to the wire Uh, there's no doubt about that Um, how many different players had sacks today we had three separate sacks Um, and man, you know, Bosa, if it, The funny thing is this, you know, I put out my predictions before the game and I love everybody charging me up about it early on, but just wait, (laughs) just calm down. I've been off on the offensive and defensive MVP, um, both times I did say Quan Alexander was going to be the guy. Um, I I really did like him, but, uh, D Ford. Yeah. (laughs) I thought he would have had two sacks and a strip fumble. He ends up going out with an injury. Maybe I need to quit predicting MVPs, (laughs) but, um, anyway, Having said that about the sacks, uh, Ronald Blair, holy freaking cow. He comes out in the second drive and gets two tackle for losses in three plays. And he attributed a sack later on. He finished the the, the day with one sack, one quarterback hit, three tackles for loss. And he's playing very limited snaps. He's playing the second team snaps and so whenever you can come in with your backups and be able to have that type of influence is huge. Eric Armstead got him a sack early. Solomon Thomas you got to give him credit. Um, he got his effort sack late in the game. You know he, he uh, he's getting spot duty on the inside and outside he did go in at the interior defensive line early uh, first this game which I believe Vegas should have a bet on that because I, I would lose it every damn time uh, <laughs> but Taforos Buckner got in he got himself a sack as well and man Bosa continues just to live in the backfield he did not get a lot of snaps but the snaps that he was out there guess what he was in the backfield he had three almost sacks which you know you want to attribute as pressures but The future is bright for this defense. There's no doubt about that. Uh, What he is doing out there is very, very special, and he's still not fully healthy. So uh, definitely some things to keep uh, in mind. Pretty excited about what's going on. Uh, Debo done snatched Pettis' chain and took that man's job. Um, LOL. Uh, Curtis, you're right, man. Debo is definitely going to be the guy. Now, interesting, after the game, Kyle Shanahan was asked about Dante Pettis and he said he had a great week, and I will say this, you have to attribute, man, Jedi coaching trick to Kyle Shanahan, he purposefully put in a trick play this week to get Dante Pettis involved, that is key, Uh, you know, the trick play and it worked very, very well, He, he Guns the ball out there to Dante Pettis. Pettis chunks it all the way across the field, which Pettis did this a couple times in Washington as well, completed a couple touchdown passes. So, so that's that's huge as well. Now, did Pettis have any catches or any targets? No, he didn't. But his snap count was up tremendously. And at one point, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan even said, I see Debo and Pettis as starters. Um, I, I think that's being a little bit nice to the Pettis side, I don't think that's quite the case. But um, his snap count did go up tremendously. And you've got to say this. When Pettis is out there, he does play a role. The gigantic run off the edge by Mostert, he laid an awesome block. Him and Kittle both both had amazing blocks on that. Pettis is going to be a baller on this team. Now, does that mean he's going to be the primary wide receiver like we all thought? Obviously not. But he is going to be a guy that will continue to get a lot of snaps obviously his target share and receptions will go up but Kyle Shanahan has never been a guy that just targets one receiver and leaves it at that perhaps you could say that with uh Kittle which let's talk about Kittle for a second uh congratulations to him he becomes the third fastest tight end in the history of the NFL to reach 2,000 yards receiving which is just absolutely amazing he's in his third year um and just look great. The only two tight ends that have achieved that feat faster, I believe, are Mike Ditka and Winslow, Kellen Winslow Sr. So, man, unbelievable company he's in. And if you look at what the Bengals tried to do defensively, they wanted to take Kittle out. They put a linebacker on him with the safety over the top. And they basically said, we're taking two defenders the entire game. They didn't adjust this really at all. And they said, we're not going to let Kittle beat us. Well, okay, cool, no problem. We will just take advantage of you everywhere else and exploit your weak defense, entire defense. That defense gave up. If I was a Bengals fan, I would be beyond pissed off because it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get run out of your own stadium and start getting boos in the third quarter. You know, they panned the stadium in the fourth quarter, and it was nothing but Niners fans there. It was nothing but Niners fans. And so it. It's one of those things that you just hate to see uh, for anybody in the NFL. But you've got to have more pride than that for sure. You know, next week coming up, so excited. First home game at home against the Steelers. And we've got a lot more stuff to talk about on here with the 49ers Rush Podcast. We are going to be doing a lot of podcasts this week. One, a complete offensive breakdown where we get into snap counts, targets, um, pressures allowed, offensive line grades, all that stuff. second podcast we're going to be doing is a defensive breakdown, basically the same thing, missed tackles, target share, all that stuff on the defensive side, quarterback hits, pressures, all that. But then we're going to be breaking down the Steelers. Having said all those things, I am hoping to get some more film work in for you guys on my YouTube page. Really appreciate everybody saying, where's the All-22 film breakdown? You tell me what you want. You message me on Twitter. And you can make it public or you could DM me. What type of video breakdown do you guys want this week um, breaking down this past 49ers versus Bengals game? Do you want me to highlight certain players, Debo, how he did? Do you want more scheme-specific stuff? Uh, defensive side of ball, what does it look like with Tarvarius more in the backfield? You know, Without all 22 where the camera backs out and pans out, you don't really get to see what's happening on the back end very, very much. So... Um, let me know reach out to me at jl underscore chapman i will do whatever it is you guys want uh, maybe i'll put up a poll and let people vote on it uh, real quick for those of you that just joining us yes staley it appears is out for eight weeks with a fractured tibia uh, or sorry fibula so that is huge what do we do there <sighs> we can try to trade no team no team no team Wants to give up a left tackle. There's just not one in the NFL. Um, You know, if you're an 0-2 team and you're already ready to mail it in, then you need to fire your damn coaching staff. Uh, There's not a lot of Dolphins in this league that are just done with whatever. Uh, You look at the team we just beat that's 0-2 in the Bengals. I don't want any of their tackles on my team. They replaced their starting left tackle halfway through the game, and it didn't help. So, I don't know what to do. Do you? You got to keep McGlinchey where he's at, where he is at right tackle. I think that you bring in some competition right off the bat. You're signing Sam Young. If another thing is this, if Joe Staley is out eight weeks, you can put him on uh, IR with a designated to return. You only get two players to bring back now. So we already have Contavious Street on that. You know, it, it, again. One of the things that's changed in the NFL is this. You don't have to designate them to return until you bring them back. So just because we kept Contavious Street on our 53-man roster and put him on IR designated to return, we don't use that tag until it is time for them to come back. So we can change that. So let's say Staley, we put him on IR. um, That freezes up a roster spot to bring in another left tackle. And then you know, eight weeks in, we can bring him back and Street or somebody else. But if we do put him on that, that means a minimum of eight weeks he has to be out. Now, that is eight um, weeks, not by weeks So that's huge, too, because if it is an exact eight-week return, then you put him on IR, that by week does not count. Okay, so so that's going to be huge. That's going to put it push it to nine weeks there. Now we're not getting them back until week 12 if we're following that same time period. So uh, something to see there. Uh, Curious to see what they're going to do. Perhaps we can make a trade. We do have a lot of defensive line depth, some secondary guys, some wide receiver guys if we get back. Um, You know, Jalen Hurd or Trent Taylor, but I doubt that's going to take place before the bye week. So we only have five active wide receivers. I don't think you could part with one of those. Maybe you package Solomon Thomas um, and a young corner like DJ Reed. Then you bring up Jason Verrett on our active roster. Who knows? But you know, corners and defensive line. Everybody in the NFL wants more of those. Just hey, we got to figure out what's going on. Um, we 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 got to get something new in there. I really hope we don't just let school stay out there. Perhaps you let him have one week where you give this guy a shot. <laughs> he got some good game uh, time today. You know, we got to see the film and how he played out with Justin School coming in for. Um, Joe Staley in the third quarter but again we were just running the ball after that so we didn't see a lot of pass protection so um, lots of stuff to look forward to but hopefully you guys are enjoying the live shows I've got a lot of new stuff coming I've ordered a backdrop This will not be here much longer. Um, I've bought some lighting, so hopefully you guys can see my face a little bit more. I am trying to step this podcast up and make it uh, much more professional and exactly what you guys want. So with any of your suggestions, please don't hold back. I have very thick skin. I want to know um, exactly what you think uh, of this podcast and what you want. Uh, Real quick, offensive MVP, you've got to go to the offensive line. I know that's kind of – Uh, it's rough throwing that out there. But offensive line would be number one. Matt Breida, number two, averaged over nine yards per carry. Good Lord, he is amazing. Matt Breida might be one of the best running backs in the game because he creates on his own. He does it all, pass protection, out of the backfield. And part of it you says, you know, Kyle Shanahan, it doesn't matter which running back you put back there, but Breida is special. Um, And, yeah, I'm with you, Sergio. What a game. This is the best I've felt as a 49ers fan in a very long time. So enjoy it this week. Talk trash to all of your fellow friends because not very many teams are 2-0 and in the NFL, but your San Francisco 49ers sure as hell are. So uh, enjoy this week. I'll be back very soon as soon as they start releasing the film on Game Pass. I will start breaking that down, and we will have an offensive episode out very shortly. Thanks, guys. Stay strong, faithful, and enjoy being 2-0 and in first place as a 49ers fan. Take care, guys.